Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As the watchman on the wall, we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and in front of truth. We will call out the real motives, folks, of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. And we do that by expounding on the underreported facts. Today, we're going to be getting to those underreported facts with Annette Baker. She's back with us today. Annette is an environmental science expert. She's our expert. She's a homeschool teacher. She's also a region chairwoman in the Berks County Republican Committee, and she's a candidate running for the state Senate District 11 in the Reading area against Judy the Marxist Schwank. And uh, she had a great primary and uh, a lot of people picking her. And there's a lot of emotion, a lot of energy behind the Baker for Senate campaign. And uh, but Annette, we thanks for being on our show, Annette. Well, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it's been a busy week, but a good week. Been a very good week. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think what we're seeing right now in the media is unbelievable. And I think that uh, seeing what's going on with uh, with Mad Dog Mattis, I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, we, you and I have to ask the question about Mad Dog Mattis, okay? Why is Mad Dog Mattis so mad? <laughs> what's, what's up with him? <laughs> Why is up with Mad Dog Mattis? I mean, he's he's the former re- he's the former defense secretary, but he's acting like a scorned deep stater, and uh, you know, with a bunch of fury here, he's making a comparison between between Trump and the evil forces in Europe seventy years ago, Annette. Who were those evil forces in Europe 70 years ago? Who who were those evil forces? I believe they were a bunch of fascists that were called the Nazis. <laughs> that is correct. Well, we had Mad Dog Mattis make a comparison with with uh, with uh, Europe 70 years ago and that that megalomaniac in, in Germany at the time, that killer who took out half the Jewish population in the entire planet Earth. By killing uh, six million Jews, he, he just killed them in camps and brutalized these people. We all know that that Mattis is referring to, I guess that, and and you know when he when he made his comment, he was trying to draw a line of comparison with the evil force in Europe that we all know what what was, and he just had to drag him into it. I just thought it was amazing. Uh, and you know he he said somehow he goes instructions given by the military departments to our troops before the Normandy invasion reminded soldiers that the Nazi slogan for destroying us was divide and conquer. Our American answer is in union there is strength. So there you have it. I guess he's saying Trump is reminiscent of the Nazis because he's not even trying to unite the country. I guess that's kind of the inference he was making there. Notice I said inference, not implication, because he has no facts. They're all, that's all, uh, all his psycho babble from his own uh, being a peevish, spoiled brat who got fired because he fell asleep during meetings, I guess. But look, Mattis knows that none of this chaos that he he knows that none of this chaos is helping to is helping to perpetuate that he's helping to perpetuate is never going to touch him. So he knows he's perpetuating this chaos in this country, this racist chaos, this, this, this tension, because he doesn't believe any of it's going to touch him. 
See, he's the establishment in New York and in Washington. He represents the opposition to Donald Trump. And he's made it clear and he's made it so obvious. And if you read Mattis's piece, his op-ed in the Atlantic, even if you listen to the, the if you if, if you listen to Esper, the, the, the current Secretary of Defense, they don't think this writing's any big deal. Okay. I mean, does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> okay. The Washington is the Washington established for the past three or four years has never thought the country was in crisis. They never thought open borders was a crisis. They never thought sanctuary cities were a crisis. They never thought the dissolution of the of the American middle class was a crisis. They never thought the country was in crisis at all. This has been one of the hallmark identifiers of the never Trumpers and to make China great again, globalist Democrats and of the quote unquote deep state the establishment. They just never thought that the country was is anywhere near a crisis. And this has always been one of the great disconnects between us and them, because we have have we've known this for some time. We've been watching it with our own eyes. And, you know, that we, we, we understand that the founding principles of this country have been and are under assault and that there are people wishing to, to transform this country into something it never was intended to be by virtue of its founding. So you got you got Mad Dog Mattis, you got you got Willard Romney and others. They don't see this. They don't see globalism as a threat because they don't see our American way of life as being under assault because they don't see it because they don't believe it's going to affect them. What's your what's your thoughts on that, Annette? Yeah, I I agree with you. I think you know this is just another example of how to <clears throat> me in this point in time. I mean, the president has. An obligation to protect people in this country. And sadly, we've seen a lot of mayors across the country who have shirked their responsibility and not called in, uh, forces to make sure, uh, you know, peaceful protesting is, is great. In fact, it's actually one of the few things that we actually have a, a, a constitutional right to petition our government. That is something that needs to be protected. What's not protected is destruction of property, hurting other people. Those kinds of things are uncalled for. And I think that's where, you know, General Mattis is not seeing the point that, you know, when you have out of control rioters who are breaking into businesses and stealing stuff. I mean, we had in New York over the weekend, there was a report of people that were going to go into the jewelry district and start tearing up businesses and, and robbing businesses in the jewelry district in New York, predominantly owned by Jewish families, Jewish owners. Um, you know, and you begin to see this, uh, undercurrent of anti-Semitism that has been there for quite a while that no one really calls out. And I think the president recognizes what's happening. He realizes that without, um, the ability to, make sure that all lives are protected, that all of the people, the right, you know, the people that are, are rightly protesting and calling attention to the things that need to be called attention to, um, they need to be protected as well. I mean, when you have a monument in Boston that commemorates a group of men, the first all-volunteer black regiment, fighting in the Union Army during the Civil War was actually defaced. It was spray-painted and defaced. This is not about 
Black Lives Matter anymore if they're doing that. It well, can't be. That it, is something, it did, but did and that, this did is that something really, that... Did that really happened, Annette, did, did, where, where did you see that? Because I missed that. It was on uh, WCVB5 ABC. Okay. So they actually had, it's the Shaw 54th Regiment Memorial. It okay. They were a thousand men that joined willingly after Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Wow. They said, we will fight for our freedom and to free our brothers and sisters in the South. And they knew the moment they put that uniform on and they began to fall in line with the, with the Union armies, if they were caught in the South, they would either be killed or they would be enslaved. Right. But they right, risked right. everything. Yeah, you're right. Because they right. knew that freedom was coming. So, I, you know, you right know that was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I just can't imagine. I mean, and, and this is not the first time it's been defaced, but this was defaced by protesters supposedly protesting the taking of George Floyd's life. But they defaced a monument to African-American Union soldiers. This is where this movement has completely lost what it's supposed to be about. Well, you know, this is the dismantling of police departments. You know, General Mattis coming out and saying that, you know, the president is not trying to unify the nation. Really? I think he has tried in many ways. Otherwise, he would have never passed the First Step Act. He would not be trying to find ways to improve the economic numbers in minority communities. Best well, numbers I, in the history of this country from like you, before COVID. But, but, but how do you I mean, unify with people that think that a make America great again are fighting words? How do, how do you unify with people like that? I mean, that's you know, where, it, it, yeah, it, I, and that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I don't know how we have those conversations. We, 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 I've actually watched a number of people we, talk about that. Ground? Yeah, where's the middle ground with somebody who wants to get rid of the police department? I mean, when you right. see the thing it is, is right. when you the, the conversations we have with people, the conversations we have, when you're asking people that say, well, I think we ought to get rid of the police department. OK, well, well why do you think that? Because we have these systemic problems right now where they have uh, they have a uh, bias and, and they're going after people of color and, they're, you know, they're, they're attacking people and they're taking a, they're taking a heavy hand with people. They're going. Boy, what evidence do you have of that? Well, you know, uh, back in 2015, 2016, 2017, we had dozens of people, dozens of accounts every year where people were killed, uh, you know, and, and, and during apprehension that were unarmed. Okay, well, have we made progress on that? Well, yes, we have. We're down to nine. Well, then yeah. why do you want to close the police department if we've made progress on that? You see, there was an insistence amongst all the police, and you and I remember this. There was a major issue with the police about, I guess, about five years ago or something. They were out there trying to push all this retraining, getting everybody to take sensitivity training and understand all this. And they really wanted to make, I mean, you got, you got the, you got the cameras being worn, the uniforms now and all. They got all these, they got all these precautions being taken so they can find the bad actors that are out there. Because if you have a million policemen out there, and what you know, like one tenth of one percent of that million. I mean, that's still a thousand people in this country that are cops in some cities somewhere. Thousand of them that that are bad actors. Maybe it's maybe it's two tenths of one percent. Maybe it's two thousand or three thousand. You know, but but that you know, all the precautions they take, all the psychological 
profile testing these people go through before they become police officers, they're pretty darn good in rooting out the sadists and the and the and the hate mongers. They really are pretty good at it. Okay, they scour their social media sites. They go through a complete background check. These people are gone through from from stem to stern. Okay, to make sure that they're the right people for the job. And so they pass all this scrutiny. And then they become police officers. But every once in a while, they they can maybe get bad when they're on the job. Who knows what happens? I don't know. But when they're they're already taking precautions to 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 reduce this this unarmed suspects killed during apprehension, and it's not just it's not just the the African Americans. It's anybody who's killed that's an unarmed suspect. I believe in 2019, I believe that number was like 20. Eight, I think it was. And and I think uh, about five years ago, four years, like 70 or something. OK, so they've made a lot of progress on this. I mean, a lot. It's like one third of what it was. I mean, that's pretty significant. Certainly, you know, it's 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 less than half. I mean, it's it's I think it's I think it's one. Th- it's like half and half again. It's, it's certainly if it's down like 50 from where it was. That's that's pretty significant. It's down like two thirds or something. It's like a third of what it was, and I think that's pretty significant. And when you and then when you look deeper into the numbers and you understand that nine of them were were African Americans, and you got to ask yourself, then is is this what we're talking about dismantling police departments over? And then if you went a little further and you actually asked those city councilors in Minneapolis, so. What facts do you have in Minneapolis that show that you've had all this problem here? I think they would be astounded as they told you they didn't have a clue. But they would attack you with some other insult. That's what would happen. So you can't have an insult, going back to what we're talking about in that. How do you have a a moment of unity with somebody who's screaming from a megaphone they want to dismantle the police because of all these racists and bigots out there? And when you when you come back with a sensible question like, can you give me some statistical facts to support your allegation? And they would come back with insults. You saw what happened to the mayor of Minneapolis, right? And that the mayor of yeah. Minneapolis, who's yeah. not exactly who's not exactly a conservative. This is one of the guys <laughs> who was out there protesting with these people. He gets out there. And why don't you tell the listeners what happened with him and that? Uh, yeah, he he was asked um, point blank by the rally, some of the rally uh, speakers and organizers, if he would work toward uh, dismantling the police department in Minneapolis. And he said, no, I can't. I can't do that. And they booed him. And he, you know, yelled shame at him as he walked away from the crowd. And, you know, this is this is the problem that I think the the progressive movement, the left, whatever you want to call it, um, Antifa, whatever group is involved with all of this, um, they they are very good at eating their own. Republicans, you know, we generally do that really well ourselves, um, but they're taking the lead on this like I've never seen. Um, you know, here's a guy who, like you said, is by no means a conservative, um, was there rallying with them, supporting them. And they said, look, it's not good enough. You have to dismantle the police department or we're going to make sure that, you know, you hear us and we're going to vote you out. And every other person is going to get voted out who doesn't vote to dismantle the police department. Well, lo and behold, what did they do? They have a meeting and they vote to dismantle the police department. 
the, the council. So, um, you know, they're, that's what they're clamoring for. The problem is, is that, you know, the police department and, and, you know, I'm saying like in general, um, yeah. Are there bad police officers? Absolutely. Oh yeah. We, we, talk about we, that. we know but, statistically there are. I mean, it could be two, two tenths what, of 1%, but, but in that, is it correct. 1%? Is it, is it one tenth of 1%? Is it 2% or is it two tenths of 1%? Personally, I can't imagine it's any more than two tenths or three tenths of 1%. I don't believe it's more than that. I just don't because of all the scrutiny these people go through to become police officers. There's no way that you could get some bad actors in there. I mean, really, I mean, before the scrutiny, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's, I was just going to say, you know, that's one of the things that people have called for. And I, I would agree that when, um, when you know that there are police officers, if you're a police officer and you know that there's something going on that is not right, right, we need to have a system where they can feel comfortable coming forward and saying, look, this isn't right. Um, I personally like have known system? people like a whistleblower system. Yes. I, I, that's what I think. Well, what happens, In terms when, of what happens protecting, when like Adam Schiff get a hold of that? Uh, well, that's where you have to have severe penalties where, you know, if somebody does something like that and it's proven that it's false, they do the time. Well, I'll tell you. Um, I, I, but, you know, what, there what, has to be something, you know, there has to be a compromise where uh, we well, can find a, a working there's system. Be, yeah, there's got to be a process in place with penalties. If Absolutely. But, but I want to bring this up. You were talking a little bit. I want to I want to jump bite in on something that you brought up. And that is about the uh, the Democrats are very good. Uh, I should say the Republicans are very good at turning on their own, but the Democrats do it with the most savagery you've ever seen. But we we, we have and we're watching that now. But what, what we are watching, too, in the Republican Party, we just heard. Now, I'm not sure this is corroborated. Matter of fact, I think I saw a press conference which where GW's uh, GW Bush in his press conference. I guess somebody made a comment, and said that that's not what he said. But I think there's something leaked out from somewhere that the Bushes are are looking to, they don't want to su- support Trump. And we know Willard Romney doesn't, okay? We know Willard doesn't. So when you ask the questions, why? Why are they turning on Trump? Well, because they were, the Bushes, for instance, they were personally hurt. They were personally hurt. And they're angry for the loss they suffered in 2016. But this is a personal thing for them. And for Willard, I, I just don't know if he knows what he believes, Okay. I think Willard doesn't know where he is. I think all Willard understands is that he was in an election he should have won, and he got beat, okay, because he just didn't know how to campaign. He didn't know how to fight. He didn't know how to make a case for himself. He just didn't. But they know the differences between Trump and Biden, and they know what they are. This is what I don't want to miss. I don't want to listen to this to miss. Willard Romney and the Bushes, they all know the difference between Trump and Biden are so, are so distinct I mean, these two people are so diametrically opposed, they're, they're different, and they know this. I mean, America first versus globalism. Make China great again versus make, a, make America great again. They have put their personal feelings in front of love of country. And I guess why I'm, when I'm saying this and what I mean by this is they don't believe that the socialists make China great again foreign and domestic policy will touch them or their families in any way. You see, they're not worried about, well, you and me. They're just, like I said about, about, about Mad Dog Mattis, they don't believe that this is going to touch them at all. They're solid. And that, what, what's your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it, I mean, there's reports out now that saying that, you know, the, that, uh, former President Bush did not say that he was not going to vote for, for Donald Trump, but right. they said that in 2016 they weren't going to vote for him. I don't think that there's anything that's changed. If anything, I would think it probably would be the same, um, result now. Um, and, and you're right. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, even when, President Trump had amazing economic recovery. There were still people from former administrations who were coming out and speaking out against him. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, has been mentioned a, a number of times that for President Obama to do that, that was something that generally presidents don't talk about other presidents. They'll talk about policy. They'll talk about um, maybe how they're implementing policy. If they don't agree with it, something like that, but they would not necessarily tell people who they're going to vote for or who they're not going to vote for. Um, and, and that's something that is definitely changing. I think, you know, I think there is a little bit of a sting left because, you know, Donald Trump comes on the scene as a complete political outsider and ends up beating Jeb Bush, who most people felt, uh, at the time had a very good shot at, at, um, getting the nomination, at least early on. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'm sure has to sting a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we're seeing the, the moderate, um, globalist kind of thinking that some of these, uh, former candidates and their families, you know, I think, you know, Governor Romney would probably, Senator Romney would be one of those now. Um, that, that looks at things very differently than, than maybe what they did almost four years ago. And coming into this next election, uh, you know, there's definitely a push to distance themselves. Number one, um, Senator Romney want, does not necessarily want to be identified as a Republican. Um, and, and that is something that people have actually, I saw somewhere, someone had posted, um, I think it was on a libertarian site that had popped up in my Facebook feed that they were trying to push. I think it was Romney um, Amash for 2024. And I was, I thought, well, good luck. <laughs> I don't yeah. think, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Cause I think what's going to happen is, you know, you'll see Donald Trump win another term and the economic recovery will be bigger. I think it will begin. It's um, going to be a to lot. Off. It's and already I, starting. I already. am so excited. I'm so excited. We got to get to those economic numbers. We only got about seven minutes to go. So I want to get to that. Okay. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. That is, uh, this is the stinger. The real stinger for Mitt, for Willard is that Willard didn't make it. Willard did not run a good campaign and Willard got beat. And it's the real stinger, I think, for GW and the others is, like you said, that, that Trump just beat the family. He beat the dynasty. I think all of them have the same similar disdain and, 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 and which is, that Trump is the man that they wish they were. I think they all can't believe that this guy, who's not Mr. Nice Guy, not mm -hmm. only won for president, but he's he's basically changing all the rules of the game. I mean, it used to be that politicians had to be liked by the most amount of people. When you did, you won. But people want results. My goodness, they want results. And they hire a CEO of the country, which is the president. They want this country to produce results for them, their family and their communities. This is what they want. 
They don't want they don't want it any other way. So anyway, let's get down to those results. Let's look at the job things, the job numbers. I think it's very compelling on all that. Let's take a look at it. Now there were two and a half million jobs created in May. They were calling for eight million in the in the dock, uh, you know, in the do- in the sack there. What what's your thoughts on there? The fake pundits and how wrong they got it because they were all predicting eight million jobs lost. First off, do you think they were really trying to predict or you think they were wish casting? <laughs> were they hoping for a complete collapse? <laughs> were they wish casting well, or were they what do you think? Yeah, I think uh is that I even think that's a word. I like point of phrases. I don't even know if wish casting is a word. Is that a word? I, I have like, no idea, but I don't know. You know I, figured, I, I would think the expert it, on words. It would, could would be. Know. It could be. <laughs> It certainly could be because they were they were definitely hoping that would be the case. And, you know, it's interesting when you have Paul Krugman who comes out and um, basically says, well, you know, the the 13 million dollar or the 8 million drop from what they predicted, because they, they were predicting over 20 million unemployed. The fact that it was around 13 and a half, 13, eight, I think it was um, the fact that that the numbers were considerably lower than what everyone thought. Paul Krugman was quick to say, well, they're cooking the books. You know, there's got to be something wrong with the way they're calculating the numbers because that can't be, that cannot possibly be right. You know, so he, um, so Krugman, you know, and this, and this is, look, this shows you the integrity of Krugman and others. They really don't want to believe that the media is going to deliberately lie and obfuscate. But folks, that's what they're doing. And we just watched our governor lie to the public for the last 15 weeks. I should say maybe not 15 yeah. weeks, but certainly the last six weeks as he's prolonging this flatten the economy shutdown long after he's known the curve was flattened, right, Annette? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, there's no was reason the to reinstate. Yes, there's no reason to reinstate another 90-day uh, emergency. And, and people have said, well, he did that just to provide, you know, emergency funding for COVID you know, relief or whatever. Well, that was what the government was supposed to be doing. Um, you know, the federal government. And, uh, it's amazing to, to think that people would believe that that's why he did what he did. There's so much more that goes into it. He's playing um, a political it's so game. much more complex. He's playing a political game. His, his goal is to oh, not, yeah. his goal is not the safety of us Pennsylvanians. His goal is a political game. It's to try to leverage the the, the U.S. congressmen and the eight all eighteen of them here in the state to all vote to to re, to 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 initiate a new relief bill. Look, his goal is to sink the Pennsylvania economy. We have the highest unemployment percentage in the country, I believe, because his his measures are so draconian. Look, I mean, he's unbelievable. I mean, I, look. He's out there protesting with protesters in Philadelphia with 5,000 protesters. He's out there holding up his sign as he's protesting while his stay-at-home orders are being still enforced. Somebody help me. on Annette, can you help me put some logic to that? Is there a way of doing that? Can you explain the unexplainable there? Oh, I can. I, my This is my theory. It's what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. You've heard that before. Yeah. It's basically the, the political elites. And, and if you align with their belief system, if you align with their agenda, you don't have to play by the rules. You don't have to obey, obey what has been implemented. I was part of the, the crowd that, that he called cowards. That's right. When I went to Harrisburg. Now I did social distance in the sense that we did not get out of our vehicle at the first rally. 
we made sure that we, you know, had our masks on because it was early on. I believe I've already had COVID. So um, I was feeling pretty confident with the other people in my vehicle that um, they have had, believe it or not, we all had similar symptoms around the similar times and got very, very sick and, you know, the whole nine yards. But again, it comes back to a two-tiered system of, of laws, two-tiered ship, two-tiered uh, uh, gamesmanship that he's playing. It's, it's the idea of, well, if I, if I want to do it, it's okay, but I'm going to make the rest of you live under rules. I don't think I have to live under. That is what people are upset about in Harrisburg. They're upset about that on the national level. They're sick and tired of it at the local level. They just want to know what the rules are and everybody has to abide by the rules. Well, we, there are people. We, we, we are crazy. out of time in that. We, we got to end it there. We got to, <laughs> I'm sorry. We got to end it there, but you're absolutely right. Socialism for thee, but not for me is the topic of the day for Mr. Mr. Governor Tom Wolf and his socialist brigade. Uh, he wants what's he wants that for us, but not for himself. But Ned, thank you for that. I'm sorry we have to end it there. Our uh, thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you tuning in this afternoon to the Watchman. Tune in every Saturday afternoon right here on 1180 WFYL for this distinct discussion on the Watchman. Uh, you can listen to us live at 1180WFY.com during normal airtime by clicking Listen Live and going to the website. You can also go to YouTube and search us out on YouTube and then click Listen Live there. And you can also listen to the podcasts when they're up. And you can also listen to us during normal airtimes in the listening area. However you listen to us, thank you for doing it. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. See you next Saturday on The Watchman. Goodbye for now. <laughs>